Amen. Before you go, I love this guy, and for 10 years he has been the vocal leader of our praise team, and he and his family have felt the call of the Lord to, to move on from this fellowship, but I want you to appreciate him and his family and thank the Lord for what they mean to us. Merry Christmas. So glad you're here this morning, and we had a good uh, communion service last night and, and thankful for these special times of worship. And I, and I understand that, that families uh, uh, are torn about Christmas morning, and, and so a lot of families choose to, to stay at home. But y'all, this pastor just does not have it in his heart uh, to call off a service on Christmas Sunday when it's the birthday of Jesus. And so, you know, if it's, if it's uh, just five of us, uh, we'll gather and celebrate his birthday. But there are many more than five here this morning. We're glad you're here. And I'm so sorry I hear that we're not online. Is that right? Must not be. It's very quiet. Uh, I think we've been having some technical difficulties, so just be praying about all those issues as well. I want to take you to a portion of the passage that was shared last night, Luke 2, and I thank Kevin Watford so much for the reading that he offered from the King James Version. Uh, there's something very poetic about, about certain passages in the, in the King James, and then to realize that that passage was read from Brother Sharp's King James Bible that was given to him 80 Christmases ago. Y'all, I'm a history buff. And so those kinds of historical notations just really pull at my heartstrings. Brother Sharp was a giant in our midst. Uh, he pastored here on several occasions through the years. Uh, he is the pastor who is responsible for uh, building the church on Northwise um, and also excavated the church on Magnolia and Calhoun when it was there, I say excavated, they dug out underneath the church and made a basement where Sunday school classes could be housed. He was an amazing man in the way that he led First Church uh, here in Sumter and, and pastored in other churches around the country. I remember the Sunday that we came to meet with Sumter Church about the possibility of pastoring here. Brother Sharp was a big man, not only, not only in spirit but in stature. And as I was leaving um, the, the sanctuary at Wise Drive that morning that we had our trial sermon, if you will, uh, as he came out of the back door, he leaned over and he whispered in my ear and he said, please come be my pastor. And wow, it just, he was, he was one of the giants in, in my life because he was, he was that pastor in retirement who was encouraging all of us young guys when we came to South Carolina to minister. And he, we had interacted at state functions uh, on numerous occasions, and it was a humbling thing to have a man like that ask me, please come be my pastor. And then one day I was talking with him as he was leaving church, and we lived in the parsonage that he built that's right there beside of, of the Northwise uh, Church facility. And uh, it was a trivial moment for him. He said, guess how much I built that parsonage for? I said, Brother Sharp, I would have no idea. He said, I built that house for $19,000. We all, in 1989, when we moved in, we had to get renter's insurance, and, and, uh, and they asked us about the house and wanted to make sure that, that the, the, there was building coverage. And at that time, the house was appraised at like $110,000. Amazing, amazing um, contribution that he made in those ways. And then he said, yeah, I built it for $19,000, and the old people got mad at me and said I didn't need to build a house that big. Um, 
and at that time he was well in his 80s. But uh, to you who are his family, we love you. We thank you for your presence here, and we thank you for the influence that continues to live with you uh, through the person of Sam Sharp. So, Luke 2, verses 15 through 18. When the angels had left them, speaking of the shepherds, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Let's pray. Father, as we look at these few verses this morning, um, you've laid upon my heart some, some matters in this passage that I believe you'd have me to lift up for us to view this morning, that we might understand that it not only impacted the world at that time, but this passage impacts us this morning. And that it becomes personal. It, there's an application to all of our lives. There's an application to us individually as families, but also as a corporate church family. So we pray that you would anoint this time, and Lord, that it would be what you would have it to be in our experience. And we ask it in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. You know, I'm mindful this morning that he came to be Emmanuel, God with us. And not only at that time, historically speaking, but in this moment. He has come to be God with us. And my prayer is over and over again when we gather for these times of worship uh, and for Bible study in the, in the midst of the week, my prayer is that these would not just be times when we gather and talk about Jesus, but that these would be times that we gather and we talk with Jesus, that we understand that He is here in spiritual presence, and He has a way of connecting with us that goes beyond what we can plan for or that what we can program for. Uh, we, we have orders of service, and they're printed and laid up here so that all of us kind of know what direction we're headed uh, as we move through the service. But um, we understand that, that what happens, the dynamic of what happens in these gatherings is not, what, is not really about what's typed on those sheets. It's about what happens in our hearts as Jesus makes his presence known from time to time. And I pray this morning that the living Christ would touch us in our hearts, in our souls, in our minds, and that we would have that moment in which we realize, ooh, Lord, I hear you, I see you, I thank you for the way that you're revealing yourself to my understanding. And so as the shepherds are out in the field, they didn't orchestrate what happened. God orchestrated it. They were, just, they were tending the flock that they were responsible for. Uh, it was, it was a, probably a, a very clear night in the Judean hills, and as they're watching the sheep, suddenly a heavenly host appears. An angel choir, if you will. An announcement is made. A song is sung. A greeting is offered. Uh, salvation is attested to in the words that they spoke. And there's no question about it. They had never experienced anything like this as they were watching over the flock. And they would never experience anything quite like it ever again. It was a moment in time that was to be experienced, but not to be recaptured or, or to be, uh, become the a dramatization in their lives. It was God showing up in their lives, making himself known. And so as, as the angels departed, and now it's back to a night sky, the stars are bright in the sky, and they looked to one another and they said, Let's go to Bethlehem and see what the Lord has told us. 
Um, there are times when God reaches into our lives and we know that it's him. And we hear what he is saying and we understand where he is leading. And life will never, ever quite be the same when those moments happen. There's something that happens in us that causes us to want to get up from where we are to move in that direction that God is calling us when he makes his presence known. And that's what happened with them. Have you ever wondered, uh, did they leave anybody behind to watch the sheep? Or did they just all go together? I don't think I would want to be left out. How about you? If they look to me and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the lowest on, on the order of, of, of the totem pole of, of who has seniority, and they said, okay, Ron, you're staying and watching the sheep. As soon as they're out of sight, I'm, I'm going in behind them. I'm not going to miss this. I'm not going to miss out on, on what's happening in this dramatic moment of history. Uh, so I'm not quite sure what happened with the sheep. I'm not sure that anybody was left behind. But they all agreed together, we can't stay here right now. We, we have got to go to Bethlehem and see what has been declared to us. And I've been saying it a lot recently. It's kind of a recurring theme with me in, in this year. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand how these things even happen in that way. But I've been saying to you in, in Sunday services, in Wednesday Bible studies, over and over and over again, it is amazing how God reaches into our lives and makes himself known in our experience. And to understand that we, and I've said this so many times, I, I will not tire of saying it because uh, marketing people say that people have not begun to hear you until you're sick of saying it. So I'm going to keep saying it. Um, I am so glad that Jesus reached in and made himself known in our experience. I am so glad to understand this morning that, I, that you and I were not looking for him. He was looking for us. And he brought us to himself, which speaks about his marvelous grace and what he has planned for each and every one of us. And so as the angels departed, the shepherds said, we can't stay here. We've got to go see this thing for ourselves. And there's some things you just have to experience for yourself before you can appreciate it. And so they went. They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby. And I want to say to you that not only is Christmas personal in the way that God reaches into our individual lives and makes himself known, but I also want to say that Christmas is best when Jesus is the focus. I, you know, I'm into the gift giving, I, and I get that. I've grown up with that. We've all grown up with that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a spirit of love and generosity that is expressed in our giving, and that, that's a good thing. It really is. Um, I want to give more this year than I gave last year, don't you? Not, not only in, in my church giving, but I'm talking about in my relationships with you and with family and with friends. I, I want to be numbered among those who are giving people, who are generous in spirit. And Christmas is best when we bring that spirit of love and generosity and giving and focus it in the person of Jesus. You, you leave Jesus out of Christmas and you really, you miss Christmas. I mean, you, you miss it. You miss what it's all about. I am thankful for all of the, the different things that have, um, that have evolved over time to bring our focus back to Jesus over and over again in this season, whether it's a Christmas song 
or uh, a special meaning attached to the different decorations that we use. Uh, the very lights that light up the Christmas tree and the wreaths speak of the eternal light that has come through Jesus. And Christmas is just best when you make your way into his presence. And like the shepherds, they went, they, they heard, but then they went. They had to put forth some effort. They went and they found Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus. They went and found him for themselves after he reached into their lives. And when they had seen him, it says they spread the word. Christmas is a time for sharing. It's a time for sharing gifts, as I said just a moment ago. But you know the greatest gift of all that we can share is to tell someone else about Jesus, to tell someone else about the fact that God has come to be in our midst, uh, Reagan, the verse you read this morning from John 1, 14, uh, he became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. One of my favorite all-time verses. Uh, because when you go to the Gospel of John, Mar uh, Matthew and Luke give details about the Christmas story. John approaches it theologically. He just jumps right in in the first chapter, and he says, uh, the Word was with God, uh, the Word was God. And, and then he says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. When you see him, you can't help but talk about him. You can't help but share the good news of what has happened because of how God has made his love known through the Messiah. And then it says, know this, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. The devil wants to silence our voices and he wants to have us believe that we don't have anything worthwhile to say when it comes to a witness for Jesus. It's just not true. Because you can connect with someone in a way that nobody else in this room, nobody else in this world can connect with that particular person. God meant for the shepherds to connect with the people who would, would be their audience, if you will, after what they experienced. And I'm going to tell you, it says they were amazed at what the shepherds said. And part of the dynamic is the shepherds were amazed at what they were saying. Do you, do you follow me? If you're not excited about Jesus, then those who are listening to your testimony will not be excited about what they're hearing. But the Holy Spirit wants to pour out a freshness in our souls that will allow us to have... Uh, an amazement when it comes to speaking of Jesus and what God has done through his, his one and only Son. And if we are amazed as we're telling it, people will be amazed as they're hearing it. And so God put something in my voice, put a sparkle in my eyes, put an enthusiasm in my soul as I talk about Jesus that someone else might have the opportunity to see him for themselves. Because I'm going to tell you it's essential that everyone see Jesus for themselves. It is a joy to share this moment together on Christmas morning. To be here together in the presence of the God who has come to be with us. What an amazing thing. This is the last Sunday that we'll worship together in 2022. It's been a good year. 
God's blessed us over and over and over again. And we are thankful. The next time we meet will be January the 1st. No Wednesday services this week, by the way. The next time we meet will be January 1st, a brand new year. A brand new opportunity to live our lives for the glory of the one who has made life glorious. So as this Christmas season becomes history, as the Christmas angels go silent for a while, if you will, after they're gone, let's be numbered among those who are going to find Jesus in the places where he would make himself known in our lives. Let's spread the word about him. Let's talk to people about Jesus and what God is doing in the lives of people who simply trust him. We're not going to convince everyone when it comes to the true meaning of Christmas. Some just will not hear. But for everyone that does hear, for everyone who does see, life has become a little bit sweeter. Lord, we thank you for this Christmas morning. We thank you for what is embedded in the greeting that we share with one another when we say Merry Christmas. Lord, you have brought a joy and a peace and a purpose to our lives through your son Jesus that could never be found anywhere else in anything else. We thank you for the many ways that you have blessed us. We thank you, Lord, that we're in a warm sanctuary this morning enjoying this time together. We thank you that we're headed to our warm dwellings to enjoy a Christmas dinner together, to be with family, to share some of those gifts of love and kindness. We thank you for all of that. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to know that as we move into this new year, there are going to be new opportunities for us to add to the family of God. Those who next year will celebrate Christmas like they've never celebrated it before because they will see you for themselves. And many of them will see you for themselves because we are telling our story about how Jesus has made everything new in our lives. So thank you, Lord, for this day and for what it means. And thank you for all who have given themselves to leading us as we have gathered around the manger. We love you. We thank you for coming and being Emmanuel. That we might know you, that we might trust you, that we might follow you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh